man. Caden DeGreen, how are you doing, my guy? Yes, sir. I, I'm doing great after seeing possibly one of the greatest college football weekends and weeks of one, all time. 100%. Uh, just a quick disclosure. I want to apologize if my uh, voice sounds a little bit iffy today, so I'm doing this recording off of my uh, my phone is being stupid, so we're doing it off my computer. You know, yes. man, that's that's why it's good to have multiple technology devices because <laughs> when you record podcasts, if your phone's not working, you have other devices. Yeah, that, that's the truth, <laughs> dude. All right, so. Obviously, this was, like we said, probably one of the greatest weekends of sports in a while. And then to top top it off, we have some crazy things happening these past couple days. We we have a lot going on. I I assume everyone here is pretty active in keeping up with college football, so obviously we have a lot to talk about. I just want – there's one really weird thing about this past weekend that I just can't get off my mind. Uh Uh-huh. Tennessee played like some sort of intramural team, was it? Who who did we beat? Who I think it was. Beat? I think it was like some sorority um, from like Troy, maybe like Five U or something. Oh, it was Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, I forget oh. Vanderbilt has a football team. That's crazy, wow. isn't it? Hey, I'm just saying. I don't have to apologize for anything because Tennessee beat Vanderbilt like we had predicted. Yes, they did. But you know what, Jackson? I hate to say it, but like let's we put up forty five, right? But we look we didn't we look pretty sloppy. Like I don't know, like because I, I know it was during the same time as the Iron Bowl, so it's one of those games. It's like I'd rather watch the Iron Bowl than watch Tennessee play. Well, according according to Bama fans, a win is a win. Yeah, Sorry, that was I mean, no, no offense to Bama fans. And that's the thing. You know what? We just keep – we got spoiled by Hypo this year. Just putting up putting up 45 points just didn't feel like enough, which if we had Jeremy Pruitt, we would be like, oh, yeah, we put up 45 on Vandy. You know? Well, here's the thing. This is the way I see it. We know that Hypo can improve. This is the first coach we've seen in a long time that actually has shown us improvement throughout a season. This is – I'm not going to count Kiffin. This is the first coach since – well, gosh, I'd, I'd argue this is the first coach since Fulmer that we've actually seen improvement throughout a season. Yeah. We didn't see it with Dooley. He was trash. But <laughs> he did okay for a little while. Um, Pruitt was too busy emptying out um, McDonald's. McRib, McRib bags and putting cash in it. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm getting too hooked up on Tennessee football. Like Caden said, we got a lot to cover. Just to, I guess, do you want to go ahead and do a recap of this past weekend? Yeah, let's let's start off with the games that weren't so big. Um, yeah, we'll if, go ahead before I forget, this is on my mind, and it's gonna it's not gonna leave my mind. That you mentioned McRib. Have you? Do you know how those things are made? I don't know, but the, I. Bought a McRib once, took one bite into it, and I, <laughs> I nearly threw up. I mean, that thing was dude, disgusting. Dude, I um, 
I saw a TikTok of a guy who worked at McDonald's and he was like exposing McDonald's basically how things are made and he got fired. So it, it didn't look good. I can tell you that. I mean, McRib, it, that's, they truly are disgusting. <laughs> um, I've never had one. I, uh, yeah, I was like, well, dang, I spent three bucks on this McRib. Might as well eat something. So I ate the pickles and the bread. Oh, gosh. That, okay. that quote-unquote meat, pork, mystery meat. Yeah. Grade Z beef. I don't know. It was trash. <laughs> hey, all right. We get we got to stop. All yeah, right. We, we, got, we got a lot to talk about. What do you say we start with the egg bowl? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, recap on the Egg Bowl. That is, I will admit, I'm pretty sure I had picked Ole Miss. I may have picked Mississippi State to win this. I forget. But, anyway, Ole Miss beat Mississippi State 31-21 in Starkville, Mississippi, which, personally, I hated to see. I had picked Mississippi State. I just – Thought that kind of added on to Lane Kiffin's ego. Uh, of course, you had Ole Miss players. The uh, Achilles Ferry would come up on them and bite them, and then they'd be falling out down on the field out of nowhere. And then you know, right. quote, quote hurt. That was just that was garbage. Um, well, they do. I'm pretty sure they practice that. Knowing Lane Kiffin, I'm sure they do. He's he's a snake. You you know what I've always wondered. When, when those guys are clearly faking and, you know, the medical staff or trainers, they run out to them, what do you think they're talking about? Uh, well, this is a clean podcast, so I'm not going to say that. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, uh, probably like what they're going to have for dinner. Lack of better words, I'd say to, to be uh, polite and filtered, they're probably calling them a form of a baby. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, a female dog? That's not where I was getting at. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll admit, that's not where I was getting at. Oh, okay. Um, yes, that's where I was getting at. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. That's where I was, That's exactly <laughs> where I was getting at. Yes. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, so, yeah, Ole Miss won that. I actually, um, obviously, we can we got to move on to better things, but a lot of people picked Mississippi State to win that game, and Mississippi State obviously is in Starkville, and they were playing pretty good as of late. So a lot of people picked them to win that game, but um, they were almost was just too much for them. So you know, I'm looking at my picks from last mm-hmm. week. I don't know what on here. I picked Georgia. I picked AM. Mm-hmm. I picked Mississippi State. I picked Alabama. I picked Mizzou. I picked Auburn. I picked Ole Miss. I picked Tennessee and then I picked LSU. There was something going on there that I did not obviously did not put a note down on because you can't pick Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think you said A and M and LSU too. And they played each other. Dang. Because LSU won. Dude, Kentucky murdered Louisville. They completely murdered Louisville. Um, Kentucky beat Louisville. Uh, that score, I believe, was 52-21 to 21 in Louisville. And um, Clemson murdered South Carolina. 
I know I picked South Carolina, uh, 30-0 at South Carolina's home field. And, of course, yeah. in Death Valley, you had LSU beating A&M, 27-24, which was a fantastic game. Great I'm, game. I'm very – here. my thoughts on that, I'm happy to see Edo end on a win. Yeah, me too. He – we'll talk more about LSU later, I'm sure. Oh, most definitely. Um, like we said, Tennessee Vandy 45 21. Uh, Georgia to Georgia Tech, man, that was a nail biter at the half, but 45 0. Barely, they barely escaped Georgia Tech, just barely. Arkansas, Missouri was 34 17. Uh, I mean, for most of the part, those games, of course, there's a couple I want to go more in detail with. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but um, Florida State, Florida, that was. Yeah, how did, how did Florida win? So, I mean, Florida was up 10 in the final minutes, so the score makes it look closer than it was. And I believe I believe that's the game where Florida State tried to onside it and their kicker missed the ball. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, here, right. we got we to get on with the talk of the town. Right yeah, now. let's do it. Let's do it. We had to get rid of all the other stuff first. Yeah. Uh, so, talk of the town, obviously. Alabama and Auburn, the Iron Bowl. They went into fourth overtime. Alabama beat Auburn 24-22. Yep. There's a lot of different opinions on this game. And I'm going to try to be unbiased as I can about this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with saying Alabama is good at coming back. And... Doing, you know, they they're good at coming back and fixing mistakes that they maybe previously made, and it was you know a, it was, it was a rivalry rivalry game. I mean, are, they, are are they though? Like, yeah, remember Auburn? Is it more so Alabama's good at coming back, or Auburn's good at letting the other team come back? I'll admit the prime reason I'm saying that is because I'm trying to be unbiased. But if you want to know my full opinion, then here it is. Alabama struggled for almost 60 full minutes against a 6-5 and five team with their injured second-string quarterback in. Yeah. Which is bad. Yes, a win is a win. I can understand that. But don't go on thinking you're going to beat the crap out of Georgia in the SEC championship. There's people saying, oh, you don't understand Alabama football. Well, I'll tell you this. I understand how well a team is playing when we watch just about every single game they played all year and see them struggling against most teams. They struggled against Florida. They struggled against LSU. I mean, for heck, for three quarters, they struggled against Tennessee. And Georgia didn't give any of those teams a chance. Here's what I'm talking about. Alabama beat Florida 31-29. Georgia beat Florida 34-7. Yeah. Alabama beat... Arkansas forty-two to thirty-five, Georgia beat Arkansas in a shutout thirty-seven to nothing, and Georgia beat Auburn thirty-four to ten with Bo Nix in home field. And not to mention they, like you said, TJ could get up every time they had to go in the game. And when it, when it went into overtime, I'm like, there's no way Auburn's going to be able to do anything. I mean, they were running the ball a lot, obviously. Well, they threw the um, ball. Like, 
when the, when overtime first started, they they scored that first series on throwing the ball. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Um, it's just, I mean, unless something magical happens, Bama is simply not going to beat Georgia this weekend. Dude, I I swear. But the thing is, is like, obviously games don't translate. Like, the way Alabama played against Auburn is not going to be the way they play against Georgia, in theory, right? So In theory, no, it's just there's plenty of other games, you know, just by looking at teams that Alabama played that against teams that Georgia also played, it's just you look at score, you look at yards, passing yards, rushing yards. It's just it's all there that says Georgia just has a much better team. Oh yeah, I agree. It's just it makes there's no there's nothing there that even says Alabama has a chance. The thing I'm is not- though, to me, Jackson is like the year LSU won the Natty, right? Uh-huh. Everybody knew they were going to win the national championship. Like they were just unstoppable. Oh, for sure, yeah. I just don't have that feeling against with Georgia, man. Like I feel like like Kirby has never been able to win the big game. And I don't I don't think they'll lose to Alabama this weekend, but I think something might happen crazily in the college football playoff. Here's we don't here's expect. My, here's my thought on that opinion. I think it's a very good point. At that time, Joe Burrow was hot. He was on fire. Yeah. He was the talk of the town. He was LSU's spokesperson almost. Right. He was a name to the team, you know, put a face to the team. That was Joe Burrow. We don't really have a specific – Georgia doesn't have a specific player to exactly go off of. They just have the whole defense. Mm-hmm. They got it. They, they have an admirable offense, of course. Mm-hmm. But you don't. I think it's you know, can't put a face to the team, and it's you know, you're not watching a specific person play when you're watching Georgia. You're watching them as a whole entire team. So it's just, I think there's a difference there, obviously, and plus, I. There, there was more uproar with LSU as well, I think. Um, LSU definitely had a better offense, and Georgia definitely has a better defense. Yeah. So, because that was the talk that year, is that LSU's defense wasn't good. But, I mean, LSU's offense put up 50 a game, so it didn't matter. Right? But, I mean, in Georgia's defense, obviously, is one of the best we've ever seen. Uh-huh. But – I mean, Georgia's offense isn't anything near like what LSU's offense was that year. And Georgia's missing all their elite playmakers on the outside, at least. At least they're missing George, and I think they're missing a couple other receivers. But their tight ends, uh, I think his name is Brock Bowers. And then their running backs is Amir White and James Cook. They definitely have some good playmakers on that offense, but – it's going to be interesting to see what Stetson Bennett does, too, you know, because, I mean, he's never played in anything really that matters. And we were talking about this today. Obviously, Georgia's killed everybody, right? 
Yeah. The most the most that anybody scored against them was us. We put up seventeen. Like seventeen's not a lot. So how how is Georgia gonna respond if for some reason they get down fourteen to three early on? That's what I was gonna mention. We have not this season seen Georgia perform under pressure. If that were to happen, that that, that that's a complete toss up. No one knows what's going to happen at that point. We've never seen Georgia under pressure this whole entire season. Mm-hmm. Do they have the offense? Do they have the the rush? Do they have the you know? Is their offense quick enough to come back from that? We know their defense is bold enough to stop anything. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so, what I'm looking at is after watching Alabama's defense over the past few games. They don't have a stellar defense. Uh-huh. And, you know, you like you said, Georgia's offense isn't as good as their defense, obviously. So, I mean, with Alabama's defense, I'm not necessarily concerned about Georgia's offensive performance. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought. Yeah, but, I, I hope – I hope – Georgia goes out there and just murders them. But I want I want Georgia to beat Bama and then I want Georgia to lose in the playoff. Yeah, I mean here um anyway, there's something else I, I wanted to touch base re- relating to this. Yeah. Something yeah. I kinda wanted to touch base on. So uh this is pretty recent. I mean, I- the new CFP rankings just came out. Obviously, Georgia at number one. At number two, we now have Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan beat Ohio State this past weekend pretty decently, at least by two touchdowns. I, it was 42 to 27. That's right. So, yeah, by full 15 points, they beat Ohio State, which I'm sure a lot of people were happy to see. In the uh, snow. And um, I believe that was Jim Harbaugh's first win against Ohio State. It was. And uh, it was it was Michigan's first win in a while against uh-huh. Ohio State. Yeah, for 100%. I mean, so that was a big deal for Michigan. And I, I personally, I'm kind of excited to see Michigan in the top four. Yes, they still have the championship game. Not the Natty, the um, uh, Big Ten championship to go to. But um, I don't expect them to leave the number two placeholder. I think they're going to stay there. Um, of course, you got Alabama at three. You got Cincinnati at four. Here's my prediction. Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State enters college football playoffs. It, yeah, because if they win, then they're in. Yeah, because they're number – Oklahoma State is ranked number five in CFP. So, uh, Oklahoma State needs either Bama or Michigan to lose. Um, more than likely, it's going to be Bama. That's my prediction. I'd be surprised if uh, – I'd be very surprised if Michigan loses. Of course, if Michigan loses and you have Oklahoma State and Notre Dame entering in, um, 
uh, well, Cincinnati would be probably staying right there. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati's in. There's no way they yeah. can take them out. Uh, there's no way. Cincinnati's in. Uh, so, say Michigan and Alabama both lose, and you got Oklahoma State and Notre Dame entering in. And that would probably be one of the most diverse college football playoffs we've seen in a while with Alabama not being in the picture. Having Georgia, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Cincinnati, that's a lot different than what we've seen recently. I would not like that playoff. Georgia, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, that sounds horrible. It sounds horrible, but it's different. It is different, but – I just hate hearing Notre Dame. I don't know. I just I just don't like Notre Dame. A lot of people are tired of Notre Dame. Speaking of Notre Dame, is there something you want to talk about right now or do you want to put that off to later? Um, we can go ahead and talk about it. But one thing I want to mention too while we're talking about Ohio State and Michigan. Um, I want to talk about the two top Heisman candidates real quick. Oh, for sure. So CJ Stroud, obviously for Ohio State. Obviously a lot of people are saying he didn't look good or whatever. But then when you really look at his stats, he threw for 394 yards, right, two touchdowns. So, and people are saying the same thing about Bryce. And, I mean, yeah, he only completed 48% or 47% of his passes, but he still threw for 317 yards. So, yards-wise, I mean, I think Bryce and CJ are still top two in the Heisman. So, I mean – who who would you give it to between those two guys? Honestly, I'd probably give it to CJ. I think his performance was outstandingly better than Bryce Young's performance, mm-hmm. at least this past weekend. Yes, there was that final 30-second in the fourth quarter, that final 30 seconds. Yeah, Bryce did pretty well. But that's 30 seconds out of a football game. Mm-hmm. I think overall, CJ is. I think he's more consistent than Bryce Young, more than anything. And that's, I think that warrants a lot more than sporadic moments where you're just bursting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my. That's what I think. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I'd give it to CJ too. I mean, just – I think he's – I mean, that loss really did – the loss to Michigan and then Bryce coming back and winning that game, I mean, that helps Bryce's case, unfortunately. But, I mean, I'd want to – I'd want to give it to CJ as well. I think we should pick the Heisman. I agree. I mean, wait, do you not have a vote? I have a vote. Where did you get a vote from? Uh, they They said that SEC and Tennessee talks that we get votes – all right, you're my proxy. All right, all right, that sounds good. <laughs> all right, all right, let's go talk about this Brian Kelly thing. Yeah, so uh, big talk of the town. This was as of last night, about 24 hours ago. Uh, anyway, LSU's athletic director came in under some pretty big fire because Florida had just gotten a new head coach. They had – lost Lincoln Riley to USC. So, out of nowhere, here comes Brian Kelly, 12-year tenure at Notre Dame, the most winningest college football head coach of all time, is hired on by LSU. 
I don't know too many of the contract details. I don't know how big the contract is. Oh, I, th- I actually heard my my boy Ricky text me. He's a big LSU fan. He oh, said, "What's up, Ricky?" He said it's ten years, ninety-five million. Ninety-five million. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, here's not bad. Not bad. I mean, that's <laughs> that's dang that's dang near uh, Jimbo Fisher's buyout with A and M. About as much as I make, ninety-five million. In premium. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Which, speaking of Jimbo Fisher, remind me to say something about that later. All right. I'll, put yeah. it down. I'll, I'll, I'll make a mental note of it. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, Brian Kelly's going to LSU. No one, I don't think many people exactly expected that, but here's my thoughts. Brian Kelly has been at Notre Dame for 12 seasons. He's been nope. a fantastic college football head coach. Has he gotten a national championship at Notre Dame? No. He he's made good. it. He's made it to Natty. He's made it to Natty, but he's never won the Natty. No. It, here's the thing. He can get the Natty at an SEC team. That's at least his thought process. Um, he's obviously proven himself to be a good head coach. Person, as far as statistics go, I think that was a very favorable hire for LSU. But is he going to be good for the culture there? I'm not sure. My yeah. good buddy, uh, JK, he's from New Orleans, huge LSU fan. Um, that's his main concern. He's not sure if Brian Kelly is good for the culture. Um, it's just, it's a completely different story down the SEC. Brian Kelly is an older guy. He's been, you know, he went from Cincinnati to Notre Dame. He's just, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that folds out. Do I think he can win with LSU? Yes. Do I think he can make it in an Addy with LSU? Very well so. It's just there are so many different factors to consider in with Brian Kelly going to LSU. It's just kind of hard to wrap, wrap your head around it. But Yeah, and it's it can't be hard to recruit at LSU. I mean, that's a uh, school that five stars love going to. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a big difference, like going from Ed O to Brian Kelly. It is. Terms, like you mentioned, culture. Um, I mean, he's obviously a winning coach, though. He's the all-time winningest coach at Notre Dame. Like, not many people can say they're the all-time winningest coach at any school, let alone at a historic school like Notre Dame. It's interesting. Here's my hot take on that. Brian Kelly has some big shoes to fill, and I'll tell you why. Brian Kelly can't go, go Tigers, after every single sentence in a press conference. That's true. That's true. Do he's, not, he's, he's not going to fill that school and fan base spirit yeah. like Odron could. That's I where I think the culture falls into. Is he going to – can there was a – I mean – Odron definitely helped the fan base. I don't know if Ken Brian Kelly can do the same. You know what? You know what bothers me though, Jackson. What is for one thing, loyalty doesn't mean anything these days. Not in college football. So, and 
Notre Dame is a stinking – right? Like, uh-huh. how are you going to take this job when you literally have a chance to be in the college football playoff? Like, well, or if at least announce it. Announce it after you're out of the playoff or something. like That, that just doesn't seem right to me. He did the same thing to Cincinnati, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's – I'm pretty sure he left the Bearcats high and dry and yeah. went on to Notre Dame last minute. Um, I saw a video on Twitter of Brian Kelly talking about how he never leave Notre Dame and how this is this is his place. And, you know, it's like there's just no loyalty, man. Like, those are just words. They don't mean anything to people. You know what means something to head coaches? Money. Moolah. But um, speaking of money, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> my goodness. All right. Can I go ahead and read the details on that real quick? Please do. Please now, do. Now, these are un- details, but this was uh, this was tweeted out by Robert Hefner. Lincoln Riley USC contract details. Not confirmed. But $110 million. USC buying both his homes in Norman, Oklahoma for $500,000 over asking price, which is basically a million-dollar bonus. Buying a $6 million home in L.A. for Lincoln Riley and unlimited use of a private jet 24-7 for family. Like... I just don't even know how to respond to that. You know what sticks out to me? What? Why the heck does he have two homes in Norman? <laughs> like, what? Did you notice that? Like, buying both his homes. Like, why does he have two homes? Like, I understand if you have a home in Norman and a home, like, in, on the beach somewhere, but they're both in the same spot. I mean, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never been out to Oklahoma, but I haven't either. Uh, I mean, you never know. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not rich, so I can't tell you why there you would need two homes in the same town. No, uh, I. I- I don't mean I don't think that has anything to do with being rich. I think I just think that's common sense. It's like you don't, <laughs> you don't need two homes <laughs> in, like, in the same spot. Like no, but it. I also saw too. This is if these are confirmed. I think it's like one of the greatest, if not the greatest, contracts in sports history. It's, at least for at least for a coach. Well, here's my here's my thing. Well, not my thing, but. My granddad and uncle and I were Thanksgiving. We were talking about how big Jimbo Fisher's buyout with Texas A&M is, and that's a $95.6 million buyout. You know, Wait, say, that, I, say that again? Jimbo Fisher's buyout at Texas A&M is $95.6 million. Holy at man. that point, why not just coach like crap and have the school buy you out? Is that That's almost an incentive to not coach an SEC team. That would be such a crappy thing to do, though. But, but I mean, it's, it's almost $100 million. It's kind of like the um, 
like you know in baseball all contracts are fully guaranteed so like if you if you have a career year you're more than likely going to get a fat contract and then after you get that fat contract let's say you have a down year the next year like it doesn't matter you're getting paid millions a year because you had one good year yeah right you could do that in you could really do that in any sport because a lot of the contracts in football and basketball, like it's not fully guaranteed, but it is a lot of it is guaranteed. But you take into account the competitiveness and people just like obviously there are some ethics and morals when it comes to these things. You People aren't going to just, like, lay down and do nothing. So. That, that's almost as big as my uh, contract with Vanderbilt, $115 million to be the water boy. <laughs> Captain Antheno shows him a mercy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, was a, that was a quote from Waterboy, in case y'all have never seen that movie. Oh go ahead and watch it. Captain Antheno shows no mercy. <laughs> all right but like lincoln riley like he's pretty smart though when you think about it because obviously in our very first episode if y'all haven't heard it go back and listen to it when we talked about oklahoma they're joining the sec right yeah lincoln riley said yep i'm out of here i can't oh yeah he, he couldn't win at oklahoma when it came to the big games and the playoffs so he's definitely not going to win in oklahoma if you put him in the sec he doesn't want to be in an SEC school. He and there's certain players that obviously thought the same thing because they have players entering the transfer portal. Yes, and did you see they've had like four or five already that have come off, and like three or four of them are five stars. But uh-huh. the the quarterback from I think it's California, he just committed to USC. Huh, that's quite a weird coincidence. Yeah, I wonder why you did that. I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, they're um, eggs Benedict's out there a little bit better. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, I still don't understand. Obviously, I know there's culture and a rich history. But it's like, why Why is USC still, like, a top job? Uh, I mean, I know that was uh... – Because, I mean, I consider it a top three job. I mean, I don't know. I mean, California's a big state. They got a ton of people. They like to recruit from well within the state. I mean, in recruiting terms, USC is not a bad place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I can see it. I can see why it's appealing. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you. I mean, hell, that's what Lane Kiffin did. Yeah, but Lane, I just don't understand. I mean, I guess when you really think about it, because when you look at sports, you're just like, there's so much money going into it. But you look at you, you have all these boosters just giving money to the school. Basically, when you look at every home game, teams have around six to eight home games every year. USC, they probably see 
around sixty to seventy thousand people, I'd say maybe. Um, so you look at each ticket costs what like we'll just say on average hundred bucks because there's big games. Um, so you you look at how much money you make just from one game, right? Uh-huh. And then you have concessions and then you have merchandise. So it's like there's just so much money that goes into these things. And it's crazy to think that they're just giving all of that to just this one. Yeah. But, I mean, that's sports for you, you know. It's, at this point, it's just all about money, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I was offered that big of a contract to go out to the USC, would I do it? Yes. No way. Oh, yeah. You would I'm, do it? Gosh, yeah. Would I do a good job? <laughs> no, I would not do a good job. But would I take on that contract? Yes. Like, I wouldn't even ask you what job you wanted me to do. I would just be like, all right, contract? Yep, signed. Yeah, I mean, millions of dollars. And, of course, you got to buy out. They can buy both my homes in Birmingham. What's your other home? Um, I can't disclose that. Um. Uh, 1901 6th Avenue North. Oh gosh. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Yeah, don't don't go too far. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right. So well, another coaching thing I wanted to talk about was Billy Napier to Florida. Oh yeah. Uh Louisiana's head coach. Yeah. Louisiana's good. So he was if if this website it doesn't look right, but I don't know. This says he was 39 and 12 at Louisiana. Uh-huh. Is that is that accurate? I reckon so. You reckon so. <laughs> <laughs> but but I re- I recommend <laughs> you look into those facts a little bit in more detail. Just a recommendation. <laughs> a recommendation. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, but when when Billy Napier got to Louisiana, he inherited a five and seventeen. Wait, five and seventeen. His words, words are tough. Five and seventeen. Yeah, he inherited that, and then he went thirty nine and twelve. I mean, pretty good. Yeah, that, that's good. It's- I mean, obviously, Louisiana's ranked right now. I think they're about 21st or so, maybe a little bit better. Um, but they're ranked. I mean. Speaking of rank, so how much does – so Jimbo is what, like a $100 million coach? You Just said, about, yeah. You said $95 million buyout or something like that? Yeah, $95.6 million. Do you and they have all these five stars? I don't know if you looked at their recruiting, but they have so many five stars going to Texas A&M. Like they're always top recruiting. They have one of the best coaches. They have a great atmosphere. Do you realize if A&M loses their bowl game, they will have the and Tennessee wins their bowl game. We will finish with the same exact record. Well, I got my my first uh, thought is difference in schedules. I'm trying to think of Texas A&M's schedule. 
versus ours. Um, uh, let me look at that real quick because, I mean, very fair point right there. If we win our so bowl is, So the college football FBI, where's this at? I mean, we had a very, I would argue, maybe Tennessee's season was even a little bit harder than Texas A&M's just by looking at their schedule. Um, I mean, they didn't, they didn't play um, Georgia, right? Uh, they did not play Georgia. They played Arkansas, which they lost to. They played Mississippi State, which they lost to. Obviously, they beat Alabama. Um, they beat Missouri by not as much of a spread as Tennessee. They beat Auburn. Prairie View, that doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I would argue that we actually had a tougher schedule than A and M. Yeah, I, I'd say so because they didn't have Georgia on there. Plus, remember, plus we played Pitt. Yeah, we had Pitt in there too. They didn't play Pitt; they played Flipping Prairie View. Yeah, and I mean, and we both played Bama. Obviously, that they beat Bama, but we still both they, played them. They beat Bama, but. Here's another thing. Yes, they beat Bama, but they also, which I'm not exactly sure why they did this, but they also lost Arkansas. We didn't play Arkansas this season, but, I mean. We would have beat Arkansas. I think we would have. I'm Uh, I'm pretty confident, man. They lost to Ole Miss more than we did. Mm-hmm. By more. Bigger spread, 10-point spread. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you make a, I didn't even think about that before, but Texas A&M ain't looking too much better, if at all, than my good old Tennessee Volunteers. Man. And I sent you that link earlier. You know there's been a lot of speculation. Josh Heupel possibly going to Oklahoma. I mean, the link was reassuring, though. It was reassuring, but I mean, my thing is, he has to pay UT eight million dollars if he decides to leave. I, Josh Heupel, did not leave Oklahoma on good terms back in twenty fourteen. Yeah, I agree. Not good terms at all. I think Heupel is. Very comfortable in Knoxville right now. I think he's got the program going up. He's got the program going up. He is the first coach to have been able to say that about Tennessee in a very long time. I'm sure he is very confident in himself. I don't see why he would be leaving Tennessee. I mean, he, he has he has it going for him right now. He did this with a bunch of guys who he literally recruited in the transfer portal. Like, once he got there, 
Like, he didn't even, like, come to a team that was basically already knitted together. He had to come to a new team, and the players on the team were new. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? So That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because so, we had, like, 25 scholarship players enter the transfer portal. And he he molded Hendon Hooker into – you could what you could argue into a preseason Heisman candidate for next year. I mean, I think Hendon Hooker is a fantastic quarterback, especially with what he's been given as an offense. Exactly. And other thing, I mean, just to play devil's advocate. I'm not trying to be that guy, but just to play devil's advocate. A lot of things are going to look better than what we had, i.e., Garantano. Yeah, that's true. It was it was bad. Well, look, so I have this stat. Do so you have the stat? Our, here it is. Our offense last year versus our offense this year. So last year we averaged 21.5 points. This year we averaged 38.8. Last year, 346. This year, 459 of total offense. Last year, 141 rushing yards. This year, 212. And, I mean, it just keeps going on and on. But basically, everything improved, and everything improved dramatically. We had 29 touchdowns total last year, Jackson. This year, we had 61. Tennessee, we more than doubled. I haven't seen the stats back-to-back uh, -back like that, but – um, that's a very reassuring. That's that's some reassuring data right there. Yeah, I mean, just wait to see. A good player commit to us yesterday. I'm confident we're going to get a good amount of players out of the transfer portal, because pretty much all our best players this year came out of the transfer portal. So that's a good selling point to players in the transfer portal. I can tell you right now, Tyon's staying in there because he didn't go to class. Dude, don't get me started on that. Huh. I, hate, I hate that that happened, but, I mean, there's, you know, you play college football. You're not just playing football. You got to do the college part, too. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors out there, but people are saying that he thought he was going to be a one and done. So, oh, he's really? So that's what made him stop going to class. And then, obviously, he was hurt, like, a lot. And he didn't have much playing time. So he doesn't have enough tape to go to, to go pro, which I don't – I mean, I think he could possibly be, like, a sixth or seventh round pick maybe. But, if I mean, if he got a chance in the league, I think he could make a roster. But he definitely could improve his stock if he goes and plays a full season. That's for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. And hopefully Hendon comes back. I'm hearing that he's coming back. So I'd be surprised if he didn't. I mean, he's made a very uh, reputable name for himself just this season. Yeah. Yes, there's some things for him to improve on. And we've seen very small but gradual improvements throughout the season with him as well as well as the team. I'm comfortable in 
thinking that Hendon Hooker will be returning next season. So you'd uh, so you'd recommend him to stay? I would recommend Hendon Hooker to stay because go Vols. That's right. Um, that's my only that's my only uh recommend, recommendation. Recommendation. Uh, also, because just a, not, just a suggestion. A <laughs> oh my goodness, he's he's not he's not pro ready, like no. I mean, you see Nathan, you remember Nathan Peterman, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Have you? <laughs> my friend Miles, he's a Bills fan. I don't know how much you keep up with the pros, but Nathan Peterman, do you remember that game he threw five interceptions in the first half? Uh-huh. That was so bad. And he's still in the NFL somehow. Isn't Devin Singletary with the Bills? Yeah. Frank Gore used to be with the Bills. Yeah. He's on – he's still in the league, isn't he? Frank Gore is a free agent. He's not on a team right now. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure because I <laughs> I made a really dumb trade in fantasy football because I'm for the first time ever I'm last in my league. I've won two. This is my first bad season in fantasy. Anyway, I made a really dumb, stupid trade just for laughs. I. One of my uh, buddies had Henry Ruggs on his team. So I picked up Frank, who was a free agent, mm. not playing with anyone. Traded Frank Gore for Henry Ruggs, just so I could say I had Henry Ruggs on my team. Dang. It mm. was stupid, but... That's sad, dude. It's a rough situation, for sure. I, I'm not... You know, the reason I did that is because I was like, you know, my team's already crap. You know, what what's this going? It's not like I'm 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 going to hurt anything, right? But wait, let's let's um let's make our predictions for this weekend and then uh, wrap up. You think that's all right? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's only really one prediction to make if we're talking. To- uh, SCC. Yeah, I want to. We can predict um, the other conference championships if you want. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can do that. So obviously, Bama and Georgia. Who you got? What's the score? Uh, I am obviously predicting Georgia. I think the most. I think the closest Bama will come will be. 20 to 34, Georgia obviously winning. I think that's the most they can score on Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia will still beat their booties uh, by two touchdowns. I am expecting more so probably a two and a half, to th- maybe three touchdown spread by Georgia. Oh, wow. I'm going to say. Uh... 30 to 14, Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I don't want I don't I don't want Bama to score more than 17, so we can still claim that against Georgia. 
That would be great. Yeah. All right. So, Pac-12 championship. So, Oregon versus Utah. We've already seen this game once this year. Yeah, and Utah smacked them. I'm picking Utah, obviously. Obviously. All right, well, since you're picking Utah, I'm picking Oregon. I mean, you've also picked Vanderbilt before, and how's that turned out? That's true. Who did I pick them against? Was it Missouri? I believe so. That was bad. I think you picked him against South Carolina. Um, yeah. It was – I'll never do that again. Vanderbilt's the only uh, SEC team that's not bowl eligible. That's right. They are 2-10, and ten and I love it. I love it, too. Because popular topic of this podcast, this whole entire football season, is I do not like Bandy. There we go. No way. I don't like <laughs> – uh, this, so this is breaking I, I, news I just, to me. The thing is, I, I didn't figure out until this morning that Vanderbilt actually had a, a, a football team. I thought that it was just intramurals. <laughs> no. Speaking of which, I, Jackson, I don't know if you know this about me, but, I mean, I was a, I was a pretty good intramural quarterback back in the day. And I'm pretty sure my team that I had junior year, at Troy, pretty sure we could compete with them. I'm confident in saying that I'm sure you could. <laughs> all right, next one. So let's say, all right, Big 12 championship, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, State. I'm going Oklahoma State. I think I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a fantastic football game, probably – I would say that that's the game I'm actually looking forward to because Baylor obviously beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. They beat what's been for a long time kind of a top dog in their conference. And it's just um, kind of like a battle between the two losses of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game. I think Oklahoma State is going to come out on top, not by too terribly much, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Me too, my guy. All right, American Championship, Houston. And the only reason I'm saying this is because it involves Cincinnati. So, Houston at Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, got to be Cincy. Got to be Cincy, but that's also probably going to be a pretty good game because Houston is also ranked. If Cincy loses that game and Michigan loses and Bama loses – and Oklahoma State loses, that's going to be some crazy stuff, man. That'll be – yeah. That, be, that would yeah. put that would put Baylor in the championship probably, in the playoff. It would – it would most definitely put Baylor in there. And Notre Dame. Yes, it would put Notre Dame in there too. So, we would have – Obviously, we'd have Baylor in there. We'd have Notre Dame in there. And we'd also – Georgia. Well, Georgia. And also, get this, we'd probably have Ohio State back in there too. Yeah. Dude, that'd be wild. If not Ohio State, then get this. Ole Miss. Oof. 
Lane Kiffin well, does not deserve to go to a to a to a national champ. So we gotta prevent that. Yeah, please. All right, what about ACC? Yeah, Pitt and Wake Forest. I gotta go with Pitt on that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with Pitt. Um, I think Wake is overrated. Yeah. Um. All right, last one: Michigan and Iowa. Iowa's good, but I think Michigan's gonna easily come out on top. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, I could see Michigan collapsing this in this game just because it's Jim Harbaugh. I mean, and- Iowa, Iowa is slept on. I will admit, Iowa, they don't get enough credit. I mean, remember, they were ranked second at one point in the AP poll uh-huh. this year. Uh-huh. I mean, so, Iowa is very, a very, very good football team. Yeah. They're usually – they're pretty consistently a good football team. They're just never quite natty eligible. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna go with Michigan on this one. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, <laughs> that's all the championships that are actually matter, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Sanford's not in one. Troy's not in one. Tennessee's not in one. So, um, anything else you got, my guy? Uh. Well, I'm trying to think. Uh, I walked across the crosswalk a little bit too late leaving work. Got honked at. You get hit by, I was about to say, did you get hit? Didn't get hit. Um, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going across the crosswalk. I was 100% jaywalking, going across, leaving our front of our building, going through that alleyway behind the courthouse. Dude, you should be rested. All right, I'm 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 guilty. <laughs> well, you know what? I just want to end off the note with: I don't like the beach, and I don't trust people who like sand. <laughs> so that's what I want to end with. All right, I like it. So, all, all right. right, we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll have plenty to talk about next week as well. Heck, I mean, you never know. Maybe Oklahoma will have a new head coach by then. We'll see. But hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Watch a lot of football. We got a lot of important games. And we look forward to speaking to you all again next week. Yes, sir. All right, y'all.